chapter 3. First <clears throat> Kings chapter 3, and we'll get um, maybe Devin to read First Kings 3, 5 through 14. Uh, Phil, Deuteronomy 30, 19. I.L. 1 Kings 3, 7. Uh, Robert, read Joshua 3, verse 4. Um, Matt Hepburn, Proverbs 4, 7. Uh, Luis, read Galatians 6, 7. Devin, read 1 Kings 3, 9. Uh, Will, 1 Kings 3, 8. Uh, Matt, on this side, Matthew 3, 13 through 18. Kenny, Psalm 119, the whole chapter, no, actually, verse 130. Verse 130, uh, Proverbs 20, verse 5. Brian, 1 Kings 3, 28. And Daniel, 1 Kings 3, 10. Numbers of scriptures, okay. Let me ask you a question. What is the greatest need in your life? What do you need more than anything else? Let me think about that question for a minute. In the, uh, the, the text, God appears to Solomon in a dream and says, what do you want? I'll give you anything that you need. And he correctly identifies the, uh, the greatest need in his life, which is actually, I know some of you think money, you know, a different wife, you know, there's a whole bunch of things. You need wisdom. So I'm going to talk about the greatest need, 1 Kings 3, 5 through 14. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is to this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing, and you have not asked for long life for yourself, nor have you asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I have given, or I have, I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings of all your days. So if you walk in all my ways, to keep my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Okay, the greatest need. Let's talk about the need for wisdom for a moment. Life is filled with options. It is absolutely filled with choices. You make choices every single day. Every time you make a choice, you go in different directions. And that is always the choice, uh, uh, the, uh, the possibility in every choice you could, your life actually could go in a completely different direction. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Okay. I set before you life and death. That is, that is true. Not every choice, uh, you know, that you make... Toast or cereal is not a life-changing uh, choice, but some are. And that is, in other words, some choices are so important, absolutely, because they'll change your life. But here's the problem. 
Life is filled with options, as we said, but the problem with choices, life is filled with things that we don't know. It's not like you only have to make choices in things that you know exactly how it will work out. You are forced to make choices and you have no idea sometimes is it good or bad? Is, it, is this a life altering, taking me away, bring me closer to God's will? You don't know. Verse seven, 1 Kings 3, 7. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father, David, but I'm a little child. I do not know how to go, to how to go out or come in. Okay, so he is, is saying when, when God is asking, what do you need? He says, I have a problem. And my problem is, I don't know. But that's true for all of us. You will face choices that are not clear exactly how this is going to play out. This will be new situations. Did I give Joshua 3 verse 4? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. But keep a distance about 2,000 cubits between yourselves and the ark. Do not go near it so that you can see the way to go since you have never traveled this way before. Okay, you've never traveled this way before. That is true. They're entering into the promised land. And he says, listen, when you, when you move ahead with God's will, you are going to enter into things that you have never experienced before. That is why, uh, or that's what makes choices more Difficult. If, if every choice was just a repeat, yep, it's just like the last time, just like, yep, yeah, but that's not true. I, I, I continually, I have been pastoring for 38 years. I got a, uh, a call two days ago from a pastor asking advice, and I said, wow, that's a call of the day. I've never faced that before. And, and that's after, <laughs> I got lots of experience. Life is filled with things, new situations. In this text, new responsibilities. Every time you choose to excel in life, it's possible you will move up and have greater responsibilities. That might be on the job, management. That might be in ministry, in the church. That might be pastoring. Solomon is about to be king. And he said, this is like really serious. This is gonna affect people's lives. And so he says, I don't know. I've never experienced it. So I don't know. So the answer, what do you need more than anything else, Solomon? The answer for the choices in life is wisdom. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge or information. It's not just knowing something, it's knowing how to apply it or, or how to use it. Proverbs 4 verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. The book of Proverbs would be a good study for you. It would be a lengthy study, but look at all that the Bible has to say about wisdom in the book of Proverbs. But here is a statement of why this is the whole book of Proverbs kind of revolves around this idea. Wisdom is the principal. It's the first. It's the most important thing. The word wisdom in Proverbs 4, 7 has two ideas. Insight, I see what should be done. And skill, I know what to do with what I see. That is what we call wisdom. So here's a, a fuller definition of wisdom. Wisdom is the God-given ability to perceive the true nature of a matter and implement the will of God in that matter. That's lengthy. So the, we're talking about wisdom now, not just in which food is healthier for you. I'm talking about God's will, the kingdom of God. You have to be able to perceive what is God's will and how do I implement? What do I, what do I choose in order to bring about God's will? Or if we want to simplify it, Wisdom is knowing what to do, how to do it, when to do it. Those are powerful things. You don't do the right thing, it won't work out well. If you don't do it in the right way, it won't turn out well. If you do it at the wrong time, it won't turn out well. So wisdom, what to do, how to do, when to do it, it's insight and skill it's applying what you know. First Kings 
Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? Okay. Think about this. If God were to appear to you today and say, I'm giving you a blank check. You can ask for anything. And, and obviously, ask for something that will affect your entire life. And he says in verse 9, is, I'm summing it up, I'm calling it wisdom, but he, he asked God three different words. Number one, I need understanding. That's the first part of wisdom. Understanding is to hear or to see what is good and correct. I know what is right. That is, un I need to know that. I have to see what is uh, right. Foolish people, that's another study you could do in the book of Proverbs. There are people, they consistently make bad decisions. And often the question when people come and their life has blown up, the situation, the ministry, marriage, often the question I ask is like, why did you think that was a good idea? I mean, it was, it was obvious that was, that was foolish. They can't see it. Understanding. So Solomon says, I need to see or hear what is good or correct. Second thing he says, as part of this, I need to discern. To discern means to decide between. You will have options that come to you. They're not all listed in the Ten Commandments. It'd be easy. I got an option, but the Bible says thou shalt not. Then don't do it. That's, that's a no-brainer. But you got options that's not like that. Uh, there's, no, there's no Bible verse that says this. So what do I choose to discern is to decide between. You'll have in life, you're going you're gonna to learn this. And this part of pastoring. I have people, they tell two totally different stories living in the same house. <laughs> that, that, one of these can't be true. It's impossible. You can't both be right. So discern is to decide between. And that is a, a powerful uh, part of life. And thirdly, the third part of wisdom, he says, so that if I can see what is right, if I can decide and tell the difference between then you need to help me to judge, which simply means I need to make decisions. What do I need to do with what I know? And that is summed up, we call that wisdom, applying godly knowledge or, or what you know. So why think about this? He could have asked for anything. It was a blank check. I would like a million jillion dollars. Right, God has, he, he has it. He could have asked for anything. Why did Solomon ask for wisdom? The answer is because he understood wisdom determines the future. Wisdom determines your future. Gentlemen, I hope you understand this. Where's your life gonna wind up five years from now, one year from now? Wisdom will determine where you wind up. If you show me anyone in life, you say, man, that is, they have good things happening in their life. I don't care if that's in spiritually, in relationships, if that's in money, business, I don't care. You will see at the root of it wisdom. That's how they got there. It determined their future. They made decisions in the past, spiritually, relationally, financially. They spoke words. They, they chose actions and that's why they're experiencing these good things. The reverse is true. Show me someone whose life is not going well on any level. I don't care. Spiritually, they're struggling. Their marriage is struggling. Their, their finances. I don't care what it is. Somewhere there were foolish decisions. They made choices, said words. They did things that were not wise. Galatians 6 verse 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest what you plant. A man reaps what he sows. Look at your life today. You are reaping past decisions. That's all there is to it. That's what that scripture says. You can't get away from it. You are reaping today decisions in the past. 
good or bad. You got bad things that happen in your life, probably you made bad decisions in the past. You got good things, you probably made good decisions. And that is, uh, that is, so wisdom determines your future. So Solomon says, what do I want more than anything else? I need wisdom because it will determine my whole future. <coughs> Number two, it determines other people's future. That is, that is crucial. Wisdom doesn't just affect you. Everyone involved in your life is going to be affected by the choices that you make. Verse 9, two times he says in verse 9, to judge your people. God, if I have wisdom, I am going to make choices and I'm going to change people's lives. He's saying, look, the people in my life need help. The people in my life, they need me to make wise decisions. They need me to treat them with wisdom. My wife needs me to have wisdom. My children, new converts, if I'm working with new converts, I need wisdom. People in, uh, in uh, uh, ministry, uh, as a pastor, I give counsel. The counsel that I give, if they take my advice, could change their life. So God, I need to make wise choices. Disciples, if we're pastors, I, I say things, I do things that I, I shape. When a, when a man is in touch with God, God touches his heart and he says, God, I wanna do your will. God's will comes through a man. The pastors in our church, they shape men. That, that is a, that's a power, I, I take that incredibly serious is that if, if I can shape men, if I can help them to think, if I think wise, wise thoughts, if I can get them to think like me, if disciples can have my spirit, how do I know? Because my father shaped me. I'm the product of my father's shaping in discipleship and then, you know, changes. People go through changes in life and, and they go through crises. They need wisdom. When my phone rings, there's probably a good chance that they're not calling me to tell me I won the lottery that I didn't uh, enter. It, uh, people are calling me with crises. Their, their, their life, their marriage, their health, their church, it is blowing up. They need me to speak wise words. This is what you need to do. God help them if I don't perceive what is uh, uh, best. So Solomon understands if I don't have wisdom, I'm gonna fail to give people what they need. I'm gonna fail to help them. And in fact, unwise people do active harm. I see this again and again. We have, we have, uh, this is on, a, on the simplest level, new converts. We have people that they want to work with new converts, they kill every single one of them. They do active harm. They say dumb things. Someone has been saved one week. They want to say, you know what? Your, your sister, your cousin, who's a homosexual, that's an abomination. They're going to burn in hell. And we never see him again. You do active harm. So Solomon said, God, what do I need? I need wisdom. That's the greatest need. Second thought, let's talk about pursuing wisdom. If, you, if you're going to have wisdom, if wisdom is so important, wisdom requires humility. Humility doesn't mean, you know, there are people like, I don't know why they asked me to sing. I'm not very good. Then sit down. We'll get somebody else. That's not what humility is. I'm a worm. I'm worth nothing. Humility is just honest recognition of the truth. And so this, this is so important. The Bible tells us pride blocks wisdom. Uh, did I give Proverbs 1.7? And give that, I'll read it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and correction. Pride makes you think you don't need wisdom. I, I have people that, I, yeah, no, yeah I, I don't need that. I, I know what to do. But look at your life, dude. Your life is a disaster. Well, how can you think that you are wise Financially, relationally, spiritually, job, business, in every, every area of your life is a debt. You don't need help? <laughs> that's, I would say that's outrageous pride and it's foolish. 
It's not based on the, on the clear uh, evidence. Verse 8 uh, tells us, 1 Kings 3.8, here's Solomon's attitude. Your servant lives in the midst of your people that you have chosen, a great people that is too numerous to be counted. I don't the, what I want is I do not know how to go out and come in I thought that was verse 8 is that not verse 8 anyway it's what I'm looking for <laughs> you read it for yourself Solomon had humility why do I need wisdom because he said I don't know I freely admit I don't know there are things I don't know that is what humility Gentlemen, if you want to succeed to have wisdom in life, you need to know that you don't know things. You, you need to know that. There are stuff you don't know. And anytime I, 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 there, I, I meet people that they're amazing, they know everything. That's just not true. You, don't, you need to know that you don't know things, and you need to know that in the future you're not going to know certain things. Because you know some things now, that doesn't mean you're going to know everything. Like I said, I've been pastoring for 38 years. I have an incredibly broad ministry experience. I still have situations that are, I, I tell guys, that's call of the day. Wow, I've never dealt with that one before. You, gotta, you need humility. You cannot have wisdom unless you have humility. You cannot have wisdom unless you value it. Here's the second thing. How do you get wisdom? Wisdom must be valued. Proverbs 3, 13 through 18. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. He uses silver, gold, rubies, right, gems. What, he's trying to give a, a point. Wisdom is valuable. If it can change your life and other people's lives, it is precious. You need to value it. That's why Solomon, what do I want? I want it. It's valuable to me. If you don't value wisdom, you're never going to get it. Uh, thirdly, wisdom must be pursued. You have to go after wisdom. I have never met a person who is naturally wise. I, I've never... Uh, you know, this is actually a, a, a saying of, of Tom Paine's is, is uh, used as a joke is what are the chances that they're going to wake up smart? Zero. That's actually zero. People don't wake up smart. It doesn't happen. Wisdom in our text comes from asking God. Verse 9, 1 Kings 3, 9. Give it. Give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people. He is praying. This is a prayer. God, give me. I don't have it. I need it. I'm asking you for wisdom. How many times, any of you that come to breakfast and you ask questions or serious men, how many times has a question been asked and my answer has been, and that's why I pray for wisdom more than anything else? I pray, I start my day by saying, God, I need you to show me. Open my eyes, wake in my ear. I need to know, show me, speak to me out of your word. I value wisdom. I tell people, you want to get me a Christmas present, birthday present, pray that Pastor Greg has wisdom. That would be the most awesome thing because I need it more anything else wisdom comes from asking god wisdom comes from god's word proverbs 119 verse 130 psalms. or psalm yeah sorry the unfolding of your words give light they give understanding to the simple okay the entrance or the unfolding of your words gives light and it gives understanding Psalms 119, very, very long uh, chapter. That was my joke of him reading the whole chapter. There's like 175 verses or whatever, very, very long. It uses different words. Every single one of them are different, different phrases talking about the word of God. So wisdom gives light. It gives understanding. You will never have wisdom if you don't read your Bible. You will not have wisdom unless you study your 
Bible because the Bible contains principles of wisdom. It gives case histories of wisdom, case histories of foolishness. It gives, there's a spirit. Someone who's in touch with the, with the word of God, uh, it, 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 it can't be measured on an app. I cannot, you know, plug in my brain to an app and go, oh, I'm a little low on wisdom today. There, but there's something, if I am asking God for wisdom, if I am reading God's word, there are times when I sense it. I know what's right. It's interesting, 2009, my father went to Australia and uh, was gone for six months. And so because of the time difference, there were pastors, they had crises. They couldn't speak to Pastor Mitchell, which they normally would. They started calling me. I had guys that would call me. And what was interesting is sometimes they would be asking about a situation I had actually never experienced before, but I knew what the answer was. I knew it. I sensed it. And I said, this is what you should do. And when they would do what I felt was right, it worked out. But that, that wisdom is like that. You get, when you are in touch with God's word, my number one job is to pray and read my Bible because everything will flow out of my relationship with God. Wisdom, thirdly, comes from asking men who already have wisdom. There are other people that are ahead of you in life. It doesn't say better than you. It's not a value issue. But there are people that are just better. There, there are people you want to succeed in money, don't ask your broke cousin, <laughs> right? Don't ask somebody who's a, who's a mess. They've been they've repossessed the car. They defaulted on the house. No, you there are people that they, they got money, skills. You could ask them. That's that's a simple thing. There are people, uh, marriage advice. I, I tell people when you get married, uh, do not get counsel from your family. You, you got family. Lisa and I got married and her family were, were giving us helpful advice about marriage. But it's like, you are aware that you've been divorced multiple times, right? Why would I take marriage relationship advice from somebody who's, you obviously suck at this, so why would I? <laughs> you know what I mean? But there are people that have good marriages. There are people who are in good shape spiritually. And, and on and on and on, pride will keep you from asking questions. Pride. There are men that they would prefer that you think they know everything or that they're together, so it keeps them from asking questions. My, my, my job, I travel a great deal because I am imparting a spirit, I'm touching base of man, I answer questions. That's basically my life revolves around answering questions. What's interesting is from time to time I go to a place where a guy won't ask me anything. I have people I know, I have friends. I've been friends with them for decades. You know, I have experience, I could help them. They've never asked me a single question. As a matter of fact, they tell me like their life and ministry is not going so well, but they tell me how it should be done. And because I'm polite, I, I go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> Don't say, are you out of your blinking mind? <laughs> because I'm a nice guy, right? But pride keeps you from asking questions. Proverbs 20, verse 5. I give that one? I'm failing the family today. Proverbs 20, verse 5. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. It's the picture of a well. If you have somebody that has wisdom, you have to draw it out. How do you draw wisdom out of somebody? You ask questions. You ask questions about the Bible, about ministry, about life, about money, marriage, whatever it is. If someone has wisdom, you could ask and you could receive some of their wisdom. Final thought, blessing of wisdom. Wisdom blesses other people. Wisdom saves people. Solomon prays this prayer. The very next thing, two women come. They both just had newborn babies and 
they present one of these tricky problems that Solomon had never answered. Hey, we woke up in the morning and, and one baby was dead. And one woman says, the, the dead baby's hers, the live baby's mine. The other said, no, they had no DNA in those days, right? And so Solomon had asked God for wisdom. He was able to make a choice, but think about the choice that he's gonna make. One woman was lying and was so selfish she was willing to hurt other people. That's not good mother candidate material. So the choice that Solomon was gonna make was gonna affect this child's life instead because he made the right choice this baby could be raised with a loving, truthful mother, best chance for him. Wisdom blesses people. I've had people, I've given them advice. They are blessed financially. They are helped. I've helped them financially. They're succeeding because they took advice relationally, spiritually, ministry in different ways. So wisdom blesses other people. Wisdom brings you into your greater future and effectiveness. First uh, Kings 3.28. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. Okay, this is, this is simple. The people in your life, when they see that you have wisdom, it, it just helps you. They'll listen to you. Okay, they, they'll listen. They're drawn to you. They take you serious because they can see wisdom. That, that is true in so many different areas of life. They're willing to work with you. Uh, pastors, they're, they're, they're willing to give money to the work of God because they see wisdom. And the opposite is, is true. In my position, I have to deal with men that they have been foolish, they're pastors, but they have said and made decisions that are foolish. And the problem is that people don't trust them. Their money suffers, the ministry suffers, I can't get people to go, you know, just so many different areas. If you will seek wisdom, I guarantee people will seek you out. Bosses see it. People in ministry see it. Your family will see it. And so Solomon became effective because he asked God for wisdom. Final thought, wisdom pleases God. First Kings 3 verse 10. The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Okay, so God said, it would be normal if I gave someone a blank check. What do you want? And he, and he said three, number one, people would ask for money. Number two, people would ask for revenge. Number three, people would ask for long life. So God says, I am so pleased with someone who asked for wisdom, I'm gonna give you things you didn't ask for. That, that's what happens in, in wisdom. Wisdom is so important, God will bless you in areas you haven't even thought of yet because God sees that you have wisdom. The opposite is true. If you don't have wisdom, then God can't because he doesn't, it, it's not pleasing people who are foolish. Okay, let's open for some questions. David. How do you uh, recover from foolishness? I'm asking foolishness. Yeah, you, 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 have to, you have to sow... Uh, if, um, if life is sowing and reaping, if you're reaping bad decisions, you have to sow good seed. The, the problem with guys who make foolish decisions, what they don't like is that you can't recover from foolish decisions in 30 minutes. Is you, you, it takes time. I, I, you know, there's, there's an element, whether that's your wife, your friends, the people around you, uh, people on the job, you, you just have to demonstrate it. And so, you know, sometimes the answer is an apology. Sometimes the answer is just show it, right? There are some guys that would really help if you would apologize. I'm sorry, that was foolish. I'm going to fix this. That would be good. And that's good for your pride. There are some guys, they apologize like every hour and a half. That's not going to help you. Finally, they're going to go, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you have to do is just, I have to sow good, 
good seed. And I'm going to show over time. Because God helps people. That's the whole, the Bible is filled with God helping foolish people to recover. So that's, that's the good news. There's nobody, if you made bad decisions, you're not doomed. He'll help you. Good question. Yep. Most people don't, don't respond well to unsolicited advice. That's right. And you mentioned being polite and not telling whoever they're about to wreck their life. How do you balance intervening in, in a crisis if someone's telling you, hey, I'm about to do this, et cetera, yeah. and they don't ask Yeah, this is, this is a common, uh, this is a very common question that I get asked by pastors in pastoral settings is, is how I approach knowing that there are problems in people's lives. How do you approach that? I follow Pastor Mitchell's advice that he gave me and drilled into me you have to wait until God brings them to you. So when do I intervene? I will intervene if you're hurting people. <clears throat> if you're hurting someone else, affecting someone else, I don't care if you asked. Right? I'm going to have a conversation with a man. You don't have the right to hurt people. If you're hurting yourself and you're not asking, it, I, it would be foolish of me to intervene in men because God is not, they're not ready for it. So not only will they not listen, that, that's, that's the point. I'm, I'm fully aware of people's problems. I don't, I don't look at people like there's a problem, there's a problem, there's a problem. I'm, I just, I can't live like that. I believe for the best. I'm fully aware on the other hand, but I have to let God work. I have to trust God because if I just, if I just took people aside and I said, Devin, come here, let me tell you what's wrong with you today. If God isn't preparing Devin's heart, Number one, I'm wasting my breath. I completely wasted my time. And number two, Devin will resent me, right? That's how it works. So you, what you do is you let God arrange it, but God is, God's in charge of everything. If I pray, if I see Devin or, you know, Anthony or whoever is there making mistakes, if I just pray, God, I need you to help me to help them. Then they come, they come and ask. That's totally different. Now I can, I can speak. Yeah, and that's true in life. You're, you're, you know, I got a friend. He's, he's messed up. I want to tell him, dude, you're whacked out. Uh, it's probably not going to go well. It's not your job to straighten people out, Daniel. So that translates also to like what you're saying with a backslider. Same, same principles. Like there's people that will like hold on to people that were saved and fallen away. And yeah. Same. What you're explaining is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you have to, you know, when. When people fall away from God, it all depends on the level. Some people fall away in sin. Some people fall away in rebellion. Those are two different things. A backslider is filled with his own ways. They say stupid things, but they're uh, not necessarily deliberately destructive. Rebels are trying to destroy. Your relationships have to change. You don't give up on backsliders, but neither do you continue. We're going to continue to hang out at the same level. Jerry Solberg was my close friend, and he chose to backslide. When I went to Australia for a visit, Jerry backslid. When I come back, he's, uh, you know, he's involved in booze, drugs, and and <laughs> I said, Jerry, why did you why did you backslide? He said, I want to get stoned. I want to get laid. So clearly, we don't have much in common now. But that doesn't mean I gave up on Jerry. I prayed for him. Pete Davis had more contact with him. Would occasionally send him a text or a call, but you can't. You know, we're gonna hang out on the daily basis like we did before. That's not good for them, it's not good for you. Yep. Go ahead, John. Um, would you suggest, you know, sticky situations just to, I mean, even if you're asked, I've been asked some sticky situations sometimes, is it a good idea to just tell them to see if one of our pastors, I mean, get five of them. Well, yes, in, in many ways, you know, sticky situations are not your normal, you know, should I go to church tonight? That's right. clearly you can speak on that. That's not, that doesn't require pastoral intervention, but yeah, if, if someone's asking you something that, that is beyond your right to speak, don't, don't get involved. Say, I don't know, but I'll go with you. You know, oh, that's, that's often what I, you know, especially new people new converts or people that are struggling, something embarrassing, I, I would go with you. Here, uh, you know, so now I'm giving them courage to be able to do that, yeah. But, and what you get is I get people that, people ask 
sometimes they're asking, it sounds like they're asking for advice. I get people, what they're wanting is they're wanting to shift the responsibility on me. They want me to say, this is what you should do, so that they can say, well, Pastor Greg said. So I, I don't answer every question with, you know, do this, do that. Sometimes if I feel that they're just shifting responsibility, I said, that's your choice. What do you think you should do? You know, but anyway, David. Um, have you ever uh, had a decision in life that appeared relatively minor, relatively small, but in hindsight, it was an actual like life-changing decision, but you made the right call? In the moment, yes, absolutely. Vice versa, you made Many a stupid times. decision and it like had downstream effects that you didn't realize what happened. Well, many decisions in life, uh, you will often not see how powerful it was until down the road. That's the advantage of living a long time, staying saved a long time. I look back on, you know, I see God's hand at work. And like, like I said last time, last week in, in uh, Memorial Stones, I made... I made a life-changing life choice based on my car. Oh, God. Dear Lord, that changed my whole life. So I didn't, I didn't see it at the time. And it, 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 it's powerful. Stephen Cassio told me uh, a while back, he, he thanked me. I gave him some advice, intervened in a, in a situation of who he was thinking about marrying. And, uh, and the, the, the choice, he, he thanked me, he said it changed his whole life. So, uh, yes, it's, that's what you do. You see, man, that was bigger than I thought. Yeah. That's true, but you don't know that. That's the key. It, there's no one that has the ability to see the future, <coughs> only God. So, therefore, I can't see the future. My job is to stay in touch with the God who can see the future. Pray, seek wisdom. Ask for literal advice on the situation. Read my Bible. Then I make choices. And then I look back and think, dear Lord, how that changed my whole life. Phil. Um, when you're asking God for wisdom, do you find that you've um, grown in your ability to know that's God? You know, as opposed to, like, because if you have a decision to make, um, you know, you yeah. want to be sure that that was God and not just... Yeah, but that's how you, what I encourage people is, is listen for the voice of God in small things. That's why I encourage you to listen for the voice of God in praying for the sick or, or word of knowledge. Because every time you, I think this is God, and do it in ways that aren't earth shattering. But I learned that that was God. Wow, that was, okay, now I'm learning to recognize the voice of God. And you can't, you can't. You'll never have that ability unless you try. So if you're waiting for it, that's what for years I could have been used in word of knowledge and in gifts of the spirit years before. But I was waiting for God to say, Greg, the man in the blue shirt with the red stripes. That's not how it came. But then I think this is God. Wow, that was God. Now I'm learning that's, that's what you want. So, but God is also merciful. He doesn't give you the first week you're seeking wisdom. He doesn't put before you, this one is going to be your whole life hangs on this choice. You better make the right one. God's merciful. He knows what we're made of. Right? Devin. I know that word of wisdom is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but this wisdom that you're talking about is different. Is this type of wisdom similar, though, in that it could be like a gift of the Spirit where you no. operate in? No, no. No, word of wisdom is different than word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is there's somebody here that you have a knee injury on your left side. That's knowledge. I would have no way of knowing that. Word of wisdom, it's, it's more rare because it's life directing. You should, uh, it's, it's actually advice in advance, supernatural advice. Someone is going to come to you and they're going to uh, I've given people words like that. An opportunity is about to come to you. It's not God. Don't do it. Like it's a warning. That's a word of wisdom. I'm actually not just uh, showing something that I don't know. I am speaking what they should do. I, I've had 
I could give you examples of guys that uh, you need to look on the other side of town for that piece of property. That, that's a word of wisdom, right? It's actual advice, steps, advice, what to do. And uh, yeah, that's different. So anyway, but your question, wisdom is not word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is, is something God will show you for someone else's life. Wisdom, on the other hand, is everything. Every choice I make is a wisdom choice. So Pastor, you asked your initial question, what's the greatest need? And uh, my mind starts going to all the material things that I can think of that I would need and all this stuff. How do you train your mind to think more in line with, with wisdom, with spirituality? How do, you, how do you train your mind? Is it just read the Bible more? You know what I mean? Like where my default is. Yeah, but that's not. a hunger. You got, you got to want it. If you understand how important it is, uh, it will... It, it, it will affect all that, Anthony. It affects the material. Because I have sought wisdom, God has blessed me financially. I didn't set out in life, how can I be blessed financially? I sought the will of God. That doesn't mean I ignore financial principles, but I made wisdom my pursuit and the will of God my pursuit. Then God led me into decisions that bless financially. It, it's just getting priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added. So you got to learn to put God first. Default needs to be God first, wisdom first, will of God first. Everything flows out of that. So that's hunger. you got to want it. I want wisdom more than anything else. That's for me. you got to want that. you got to choose that for yourself. And then the more wise decisions I make, the more I want wisdom. Because I see that that's powerful. You got to understand, Anthony. This is this is one of the things when I when I realized that God had leadership in store for me, I was not excited about that because by then I had wised up, moved past my pride-filled ambition days, and I realized. You understand, people. I I make decisions or I give advice that changes people's lives. That's 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 heavy duty. That's very serious to me. I make choices. I make choices about discipline. I change people's lives through discipline. I make choices about, I inspire someone for ministry and they're in an atmosphere. They hear the voice of God. Jesse preached recently that in an atmosphere that he's hearing me preach and, and about possibility, he was aiming for a medical career. He changed the course of his life. I didn't tell him to do that. I didn't say stop nursing or stop whatever his job was at the hospital. <laughs> hey, this is 2023, man. Anything's possible. <laughs> oh, you know the problem here. You can take the boy out of the seventh grade. You can't, you can't take seventh grade out of the boy. Oh, dear. Yeah, Phil. Uh, is it, does God ever allow a person to um, make a wrong decision or to start going through with the wrong decision? Maybe if it's not like life, you know, changing. For example, like I feel sometimes I have a certain decision on my mind and my wife will come and she'll say this and I'm like, like we're not aligned and usually she's right, you know, and I'm like, um, why didn't God tell me that? Like. Maybe was it, I was not good with, I didn't have the wisdom, or did he purposely allow her to have that right answer, not me? Was, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It can, be a, it can be God helping you to value your wife. It can be God helping you to humble yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, there can be a lot of different things. So. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> History, facts, knowledge, are those an important part of gaining wisdom? You said reading the Word of God will help us develop wisdom. Are those other things supplementary? Are they, are they helpful? Or is wisdom less heady than that? Is it, you know what I mean? Is it not just, just I, knowing a lot of things that will help me to sort through and Well, I, I would say, I'm sure that knowing some history is helpful, but you know, then, then but let's think about this. So, so which history? You know, the, the Sino-Russian War of 1907. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a lot of things. I'm sure that, you know, I read books, there's history, and I'm sure that there are some things I 
read how this guy made a bad decision or this guy made a good decision. I'm sure that helps, but I would never recommend that, uh, you know, above the Word of God, certainly. And then there are people that they don't have access to, to that and God is somehow able to help them. So it is helpful, sure. I read books, I read sociology books, I read you know, all kinds of books that are mildly helpful. But the word of God and prayer are the most important thing. Yep. Uh, what are some ways in gaining wisdom in the area of uh, people skills? Well, the people skills are, you know, there's an incredible range. You can learn people skills. If you want it, you can, I mean, there's a ton of books on people skills. And if you ask me, I can give you a list, but there are, you can learn anything. There, there was, it is a skill. And uh, that is, you can Google it, you can watch a TED talk, you can read a book. I mean, there is so much that where you are able to identify. And then of course, then it's, you pay attention to the tension, right? When I said that and my wife started sharpening a knife above my head when I was asleep, uh, maybe I shouldn't say that, right? Uh, every time I do this, the people want to kill me. Okay, I shouldn't do that anymore. That's, that, that's also, you should learn from experience. Foolish people never learn from experience. They, they ignore the warning signs. But you can, if you want it, you can find it. It's, it's readily available. People skills are available. So you can, they, you can read a book and it'll literally tell you how to have a conversation. How to you know, get people on side as opposed to wanting to hurt you. It's a skill. You can learn it. How, uh, yep. how did the wisest man in the world end up how he did? <laughs> um, yeah, probably, probably because of pride, I would say. That's, that's always our danger. We... We ask God for help, he blesses us, and then we let pride make us, <laughs> let us make dumb decisions. So, that's true for any of us. It's possible. Good. Very good, guys. We'll stop there. Here's the lesson if you want.